where else would you rather be than right here, right now? For Bills fans. By Bills fans. Only Buffalo is going to win it. This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones. This is pandemonium. Here's Brad the Bruiser Icorn. And welcome back for another edition of the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Brad the Bruiser Icorn, Alex Jones with a special guest, little brother Sean, who's been on the podcast before. Up here from Texas to go to the Packers game Sunday night as the Bills-Packers will do battle at Highmark Stadium coming up this weekend. A game will be televised nationally on NBC. It's an 8-20 kickoff, and uh, I think, Sean, at least, you're pretty geeked up here for it being up here. I don't know. Alex, let, let me ask as we start the conversation on this game, does this game lose any of its luster just because of how the Packers are performing so far. They come into this game three and four, first time that uh, Aaron Rodgers has ever been uh, a double-digit underdog. Has this game lost anything for you here, Alex? No, Brad. Themselves, the teams having to prove that they can stay with the Bills. So really, it's just the Bills just need to go out there and execute, do what they need to do, get out of there with the dub, and move on to the next one. And I think that honestly is, you know, I I don't think it loses its luster because we aren't we aren't the place where luster is to be lost, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can get on board with that here. I mean, the Bills are doing things to their opponents that they've never done before. Mahomes had never been a home underdog before until this year against Buffalo. Aaron Rodgers right here. Never been a double-digit underdog until taking on the Bills here. This Bills team is doing different things. And Alex, you really laid out and forecasted what McBean was trying to do when uh, they took over this roster and were trying to turn over the franchise. And I think you nailed it here. But I don't think we could have predicted some of the things that they're changing here in the NFL. Yeah, Brad, it really is one of those things where it, if you saw like what the long-term game plan was, you're like, oh, okay, I see that they're trying to build. You know, because all PMs come in and are like, I want to win football games. But very few are like, no, no, I want to build like a dynasty. I want this to be a long-term success. So no matter who's in our jobs in the future, they will be successful as well because they have our, our blueprint. Um, and it is just one of those things with Rodgers coming in as a double-digit under the first time in his career. He's never won in Buffalo. He's never um, he, he's never had this bad a record before. People are like, oh, is Rodgers falling off? And I think it's more that the Bills are the measuring stick of the NFL. They are just that team. And they can still come out flat and not play well. But it, it, it is it has been proven, this squad, just how deep they are, to falter in such a way. All right, let's, let's play uh, Do You Remember here. Do you remember the last time the Bills played the Packers in Buffalo? Sean? 
uh, preseason last year. Uh, if we're talking regular season, I have we're no only clue. Talking regular season. I have All no right. clue. All right, so you fail. Alex, I bet you nailed this because you probably were at the game. I, I cannot hear you if you are. That would make sense. All right, Alex, uh, the question here was, um, do you remember last time the, Buff- or the Buffalo Bills hosted the Green Bay Packers in Buffalo? Alex, I'm pretty sure you and I did a podcast and you were at that game, so you probably have pretty vivid memories. But I'll, I'll, I'll throw it out to you. Sean swung and a miss. Do you remember last time Green Bay was in Buffalo? I, I definitely do. I, I 100% do. It's uh, it's ingrained in my memory. It's one of those, like, just things I can picture everything about it. That final drive where Aaron Rodgers gets strip-sacked by Mario Williams, yep. Bakari Rambo. Yep. Uh, okay. And then uh, Eddie Lacy tries to pick the fumble up at the one-yard line and move it on. And basically time runs out because he's trying to move it, but you can't can't advance advance a uh, fumble from the spot. That's it. 2014, the Bills beat the Packers. I believe it was a final score of 21-13, to so an eight-point win. But that was uh, a big year. That was uh, the last time that Buffalo had a winning season uh, before the McDermott era. Um, Take that with a grain of salt because they also beat – uh, a Jimmy Garoppolo Patriots game and, uh, you know, uh, unnecessary uh, week 17 with the Pats already had it locked up and Buffalo was already eliminated. But regardless, that was kind of, a, you know, a fun year. I, but it's funny, I don't remember this because I didn't, I didn't care for the guy at the time, but Doug Marone, I guess, uh, chastised the media after the game and said, I told you I was a good football coach. I told you I could win good games. Yeah. You did a great job there. That The defense practically had to win it. The only touchdown in the game came from Marcus Thigpen on a punt return. It was a bunch of field goals and a safety down the stretch. That's how the Bills won. It, it was it was one of those ugly games, and St. Doug, they did it again. Um, you know, it, it was that, 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 yeah, remember that sweet little nickname he gave himself? Yeah, he was just awesome. Awesome, um, but it was the kind of win that marked the Bills' drought era. It was an ugly game that the Bills dragged Aaron Rodgers to their level, not they competed up to Aaron Rodgers. And so, this is going to be a game where it's sort of a it is a marquee game in that if the Bills can knock off the Packers, that is a huge franchise and one of the best teams in the NFC allegedly. So if you can knock off one of the best teams, which don't even get me started about how sub, like suboptimal the NFC is, like most teams in the NFC would be would be third or fourth in their division if they played in the AFC. So it, it is just one of those things where uh you got to prove against a non-conference opponent that you are who they, who people think you are. Well, if this is your first time or one millionth time, uh, welcome into the Buffalo Bills Draft House podcast. Make sure you're following us across our platforms 
uh, drafthousesports.com, facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House. And of course, across Twitter at DHS Buffalo, at TW Callahan, at Bills Bruiser, and follow Sean here at Michigan Surf. Uh, hit us all up across the board here as we're looking forward to this one, Bills Packers. But we, like the Bills, observed the bye week last week, so we didn't have a chance to even talk about the Kansas City game. Before we get too much in this Packer game, let's talk about the Chiefs. Um, did you have to take your pulse at many points? I mean, my heart was pounding through my chest until that pick uh, down the stretch by Teron Johnson, and then I just completely uh, exhaled and felt great. I don't know if it's coincidence or not, Brad, but the day after that game, I found a gray hair in my beard. It was not there the day before. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I I think I blew I uh, blew out my lungs yelling "Go Bills!" outside my sister's door in the middle of downtown Dallas. <laughs> Had to let those Cowboys fans know what's up. A hundred percent. Even though they do have the Central Michigan ginger in Cooper Rush, who's back to where he should be as a backup. Yeah, uh, if if he's still on, if they still want to keep him on the roster. <laughs> All right, another topic for another day. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think they should just keep starting them. I, I'm all for them. Cowboys keeping starting. What? Yeah, it's keep like starting Cooper Rush. You might as well honestly get ahead of the market and sign him to an extension as well. I mean, if you want to know anything about Cooper Rush, watch the Hal Mary video, Central Michigan, Oklahoma State, where he doesn't even have the arm strength to get the ball all the way to the end zone. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a. Uh, hopefully, he's hit the weight room since then and built up his arm strength a bit more. But yeah. continuing on with the Bills, Josh Allen. Oh my God, that laser to Dawson Knox at the end and just hits it. Boom! And he's signaling him to go inside. He's like, "Go in, go in." No, he didn't he, see him. And he didn't see him. He still gets that nice out. Josh puts it right where it needs to go, and boom! Bills win. It was it was an incredibly poetic moment because. Everybody always lauds Mahomes for his, you know, generalship of his players. And just to have that kind of be the thing that won it for the Bills was just some beautiful poetic irony. It's really just a chef's kiss of just, and then finish the game with the top, with the interception, just beautiful. Yeah, I mean, a solid game. There were mistakes. Uh, the first drive where it was that weird fumble to McKenzie, yeah, I think that was that just was a miscommunication yep. on the two of them. Mackenzie wasn't quite ready. It so, happens, yeah. and that's going to happen on the road. So that's another reason it, it, here why they gave us some. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you guys. That shouldn't happen. That was a class. That was a, a new evolved form of the midline option, where you hold it to a guy in the sweep, and then you step up. If there's a guy in your gap, you pitch it. You see teams run it really well, and that just was Isaiah Mackenzie having a mental rep. He had a touchdown on that. That. That is the sort of thing, which is ironic. The Bills beat probably the best, the other best team in the NFL, yeah. and they still had a bunch of mental mistakes like that, where yeah. it was Isaiah McKenzie knowing something he should know, that this is a triple option play, that there is a pitch option built into it, and just not mentally processing it um, as part of the game plan. Yeah, it was a shame... 
McKenzie not really playing heads up on that play, but speaking of getting wide receivers in motion, I loved using Gabe Davis in motion whenever they were going to do a quarterback sneak to just get a little extra push on Josh, and it oh, and it always worked. I was like, keep doing that. Yeah, Tony Romo even called it out on the broadcast there. Um, on that fourth down, they had to convert at what, like their own 35? Yeah, and as soon as you and- see Gabe going in motion, it's like Gabe's getting the push. Gabe's giving the push. Yeah, I completely agree with you guys. And this honestly genuinely might change how teams do the how teams do QB sneak because having a guy think about Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Imagine putting Travis Kelsey oh right behind Patrick Mahomes. Imagine Lamar Miller with uh back card or Mark Andrews. Like there are a lot of options and this might genuinely change how we see QB sneak done. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely Ken Dorsey's revolutionizing part of the game for sure. But uh, <laughs> a lot of credit, I think, too. <laughs> on, on the same token, you do have a workhorse in Josh. I mean, oh. Josh has just been in his element this year. Um, it, it's the exact opposite of the Big Lebowski where, where uh, Walter's saying, Donnie, you're out of your element. He should be saying, Josh, you are in your element. I mean, he has been just clicking throughout the course of this season. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. It has been, he has just been on it. He's near the top, if not the top, for almost every statistical category in the NFL. And, you know, he has just been on his A game, even in Miami, where he looked like he hurt his hand for a brief moment. His hand was cramping up on the team. He still marched that team down and almost got him the end zone. And on several occasions, should have had them in the end zone if it weren't for some very un, uh, inopportune drops. Yeah. That new uh, that Miami game, uh, you know, I really think it was just a matter of uh, we talked about it before on that podcast, but the weather really wreaking havoc on them in that one, and uh, I, I credit that as much of the loss and anything, along with Miami refusing to turn on the Mister, so the Bills could not have them on. Yeah, it is one of those things where it, it just you'll look back on that game and be like, all right, that's. It also is going to be like. That's the type of thing teams remember, not only the game, but during the game where it's like, all right, you're up 35 at half, take your starters out. It's like, nope, we're going to score 70 on you and be like, that's for that home game. Yeah. That's that's for not letting us turn our misters off. Yeah, especially Tua coming up to Buffalo into Sever, and he has admitted and been criticized before for his poor cold weather play. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that game. One of the bigger names we've discussed, of course, and how can you not in the offseason when you sign a guy like Von Miller. But Von Miller, his presence on the field, him and Matt Milano were part of the reason that Mahomes forced that interception and then Teron Johnson there. Von Miller, I think they got him to get after Mahomes. He sacked him twice in that game. He, He had a, what, I think four quarterback hurries in that one. That's exactly what they got Von Miller for it, and it's paid off dividends here for him so far. It's like Brandon Bean said, uh-huh. we got him to put Mahomes on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, also with with how much at all, or with how much Vaughn Miller has stepped up, everybody along that defensive line has stepped up to the occasion as well. Almost like the rising tide lifts all ships. Vaughn is that tide lifting up at Oliver Greg Rousseau, Daquan Jones, Boogie Basham. 
AJ Epinesa. These guys have all played really well. AJ Epinesa early in the game had a really good pass rush rep to set up Juan Miller for a sack. Um, mm-hmm, yes. Greg Rousseau on that interception really pushed the pocket the opposite way and forced Mahomes into Vaughn Miller, which forced Mahomes to throw it earlier than he wanted. Ed, Ed Oliver was a monster. He was just everywhere against Kansas City. Same thing with Tremaine Edmonds. Tremaine Edmonds is having a career year this year. He is forcing opposing teams to completely change their game plan and what they want to do. And it's so funny how things work out. I was... Rewatching uh, the broadcast, and Tony Romo goes, "Oh, Mahomes is going to have a chance to win this one in the fourth quarter," and then he immediately throws the interception. Just yeah, and that was that was because our defense is allowed to sort of play aggressive, fast, and loose. Dane Jackson's locked up in man. Ron Johnson drops in his zone. He reads Mahomes' eye, runs the route for the receiver, just steps in front, takes the ball away. Perfect, perfect play. Yeah, Leslie Frazier, I think, is making another strong case that he should be a head coach in this league once more, as he was with the Vikings. Um, I mean, he's done a phenomenal job. We've talked about it before. I thought the reason he didn't get one last year was 13 seconds, and right now he's making that an afterthought at this point. Granted, it's a long season. We have a long ways to go in this one, but right now Leslie Frazier's defense is straight-up balling. Yeah, and looking ahead to this game, it's going to be you're going to need Vaughn Miller and all the pass rushers to get after Rodgers. That's been one of his issues this year is he's not escaping the pocket as he once had. He's coming off a game where he's beat up. Um, Oh, my gosh, who did the Packers play last week? Oh, the Commanders. It was the Commanders. Yes. Commanders. And the Commanders got after him. And that's what caused him to get off his throw bad balls was that pressure. And that's what the Bills need to do to be successful on defenses. Make Aaron Rodgers make lower percentage throws to receivers he would prefer not to throw to. Yeah, and that's what it seems like he had a real hard job. He was trying to hit guys in the slants and just shorter passing routes because he was getting too much pressure and just too quickly. And just he does not look good trying to scramble and get away with it as he used to. I don't know if it's the ayahuasca or the old age. Right, or it could be the old school Riddell helmets that uh, definitely, definitely keep your head safe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. I hate Riddell helmets. Oh, they're the worst. All right. At this time, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we'll talk at length about this game this weekend. Sunday night football, 820 kickoff right here in Western New York. Bills, Packers. We'll dive into that on the other side of a quick break. You're listening to the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. A ranger station. I'd like to report a bear hug. Okay. I put out my campfire and Smokey Bear hugged me. So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's just letting you know you did good. Bear hug from Smokey Bear. Status update. I'm going to let you go now. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icor and Alex Jones. Buster, Buster, Buster. 
Bills getting set to return to the friendly confines of Highmark Stadium, where they've been perfect on the year. Their only loss this year on a 5-1 record here in Week 7 was to the Miami Dolphins. Already talked about that. We're not looking backward right now. Let's look forward in this one as the Bills get set to take on the Green Bay Packers, a team that has struggled. We talked a little bit about last week there against the Commanders where they really got after them, and I think that's where it starts defensively for Leslie Frazier's defense is getting after Aaron Rodgers. Oh, uh, yeah, three breaths. The other thing is the Bills to a state quarterback, but he's also willing to put the ball in some dangerous positions, and they're going to manage when he's willing to be dangerous with the ball. Um, that Winning the turnover battle will be huge week. Mm-hmm. And I think the third thing is going to be, I expect one big, at least one big play out of special teams. Our special teams has been a little quiet so far this year. Um, you know, they're incredibly, they're one of probably, if not the best unit in football. And we really haven't seen a big play out of them other than a, a, you know, a recovered muff. Hunt, um, I think, against the Titans. Yeah, really, besides the butt punt against the Dolphins, that's the only real big special teams play I can think of right now. But as far as, like, pinning them deep on the kickoff, Bills are almost number one. They're averaging putting the yard, the ball, at almost a 15-yard line almost every time is where they're av- is about where they're averaging at. And it's great for them on defense because then it's like, okay, you got to go 85 yards instead of 75. Let's go. Well, and I think that has to do, too, with um, Heath Far. No, it's not Heath Farwell anymore. Who is it? Anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, they, they've made a concern with the season. Tyler Bass has been throwing a lot of kickoffs with back um, that seem to be almost like when they land back towards the receiving team. And it, it seems like the Bills' strategy is to force opposing teams who do not have a kick returner they respect um, in two situations where they have to return And for just anyone keeping score, Matthew Smiley is the special teams coach for the Buffalo Bills. That's right. Heath Farwell's down in Jacksonville. That's right. All right. So, we, you know, getting after Rodgers and, you know, he doesn't have the, the receivers that he's had in the past. He doesn't have a Jordy Nelson I mean, he doesn't have some of these, you know, phenomenal targets. You know, his best wide receiver went to Vegas. Uh, I mean, you know, we, we used to see, and we've talked about it before in the past here with John, with you, Alex, here, that Tom Brady could make receivers we never heard of into something. I'd never heard of Julian Edelman until the Patriots, and we saw the kind of career he had. But right now, it's... Aaron Rodgers just hasn't been able to elevate, and I don't know if that's necessarily on Rodgers, but more on the front office personnel staff there in Green Bay. 100%. I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. I think guys have good years with Rodgers, but they're never they're, – it's not like when Peyton or Brady would get a guy and you hear, like, who's Austin Collie? And all of a sudden it's like, oh, he has 1,300 receiving yards this year. Or who's Pierre Garçon? Who's, you know, who, Troy Brown? Yeah. It, it, it's one of the things where it's like you, you, they were able to, and you just don't, I don't think, just because I, I don't think that's who Rodgers is as a person. He's not a, I'm going to build you up. He's 
you're winning despite how you're winning because I'm good, not because I'm making you better. Run to the injury report real fast here. Looking on the Green Bay side of the ball right now, David Bakari, he did not practice today. Rashawn Gary was limited. Uh, Shamar, Gene Charles uh, hasn't practiced all week. Ellington Jenkins, a guard tackle, was limited in practice, did not practice on Wednesday. Ellen Zard, who was thought to, thought to step up here, has been uh, having a nagging shoulder injury. He has not practiced this week as well. Mercedes Lewis has not practiced. Aaron Rodgers noted on the injury report, and I, I, I saw a little bit because, uh, of course, I just watched Red Zone Channel last weekend. Yeah. Uh, had the right thumb injury, so he did not practice yesterday, but limited today. I would expect him to play there, but Sammy Watkins has been limited. Shocking. Uh, and then Christian Watson, another wide receiver, limited as well. So, I mean, there's no shortage of injuries here on this Packers team, I don't think there's any major to be, uh, you know, concerned of if you're a Pack fan at this point here. I mean, we knew the talent of Sammy Watkins, but unfortunately that guy cannot stay healthy. It doesn't matter if he's with the Rams, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Bills, or Packers. Sammy Watkins can't stay healthy. And, you know, this isn't 2014 Sammy Watkins. This is 2022 Sammy Watkins. Uh, But... A lot of injuries across the board here. I I don't I I'm not quite sure what to make of it as of right now, uh, just because uh, just this team has been very much underperforming. Yeah, they really have. I mean, they have. I think it's it, a the Rashawn Gary injury would be huge for the Bills. Rashawn Gary is one of the most unsounded defensive linemen in the league. He he just consistently eats in the defense line um and is just a guy who just is a physical and just a freak um but it, it seems to me brad this team is almost a group of, of individuals like you have your star players but there's no glue guys there's no in-between guys who sort of fill in the cracks you have jair alexander you have aaron Rodgers, you have aaron jones but there's not uh, i mean you have david bakhtiari but there's not the guy who are the, like, hey, this guy just does, like, a specific, you know, uh, there's no glue guy. There's no in-between guys. And I think that's failing so far is that they don't have those those glue guys who are just, like, lunch pail and that kind of play. You know, it, it seems like their, their highs are so high, but their lows are so low. Running through the injury report here for the Bills, Spencer Brown has not practiced, but promising to note, this was pointed out, I heard on GR today, that Sean McDermott has said Spencer Brown is day-to-day. He's not week-to-week, so take that for what it's will. Taiwan Taiwan Jones was limited in practice today, as was Jake Kumaro, Aaron Rodgers' boy, of course. Uh, Cam Lewis uh, has been a full participant this week. That's very promising there, Mitch. Morris has been uh, limited. He also has had veteran rest as well. I would expect him to be good to go. Jordan Phillips was a full participant. And then uh, Jordan Poyer wasn't even listed on the injury report today. So that's fantastic news after being limited in practice yesterday. So, I mean, right now the Bills are getting healthy at the right time here. They're through the bye week. This is where they need to make their push here. And I would not expect at any point this season for this team to ever take their foot off the gas pedal. Yeah, and the Bills can definitely make a push on the line. So after Green Bay, they have 
at the Jets. Following that, it's Vikings at home. Cleveland at home. After that, Cleveland at home. After that, Thanksgiving with the Lions. Oh, boy, going to eat that day. (laughs) And then after that, it's at the Patriots. Following that, we got the Jets at home. Following that, we got the Dolphins game December 18th at home. Christmas Eve in Chicago. And then we got Christmas Eve in Chicago following that. And then we are at the Bengals. And I think that will be our toughest game coming up. We'll see. I don't know. Jamar Chase right now out four yeah, to six weeks. Yeah. And then they round things out with the Patriots, Patriots, Patriots to end the season. Patriots at yeah. home, as we should. And the Patriots looking as bad as they are. And us finishing at home with them. Oh, boy. All right, so that recaps the injury report and the schedule here. Um, are you, con- Alex? I don't even need to ask you this question. You've made it clear before here that you could care less if Buffalo ever runs the football again. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I think it's really going to be as you've said before, Alex. Just Josh, just slinging it to his buds. We'll never run again. Uh, <laughs> it, it is. Uh, it is like I'm. I don't get me wrong. I was very happy about the run explosion that happened with Devin Singletary in oh, the yeah. game. Um, but if, again, if it is give, take what the defense will give you. If the defense is going to let you run all over him, I'm fine with Devin Singletary getting 15 touches. And if he gets 130 yards, I, I'm fine with throwing it short, throwing it medium, throwing it long. Just take what they're going to give you. Like they, like we did against the Titans. The Titans were playing that off man coverage. We'll throw four yard hitches all day. If they if they want to press us at the line, cool. We'll hit you with some um, crossers, make it hard for you to keep up. And then if you don't watch Shallon for half a second, he's out of the pocket, running down the field looking to decapitate a cornerback. So it, it it really is just the offense just needs to take what the defense is giving them and execute the game plan. I I gotta say, going into this one. I'm one of those Bills fans, and I think maybe it was conditioning from the drought, but I, you know, went into each game incredibly nervous, even up to the Chief game where, Alex, you had to talk me off a ledge because I was like, should we even do a podcast this week? And you're like, yes, yes, we should. And, you know, I, what's caught my nerves with this team and this franchise is that this coaching staff is going to get this team prepared and ready to go on paper. Yeah. Um, not to say that they can't come out and have a flat performance. It can happen. But this team has this roster built deep enough that I think if they can have every corner tucked in as they do each week and have this team prepared, there should be less anxiety in the lives of Bills fans. There really should be, Brad. It's one of those things where they the Bills have proven to – be one of the best if not the best team in the nfl and so until they give you a reason to no longer believe about that in them you the fans need to trust it and i would expect in this one you know we talked about the past game middle long intermediate um i would expect gabe davis obviously to have a big you know impact here but really of course stefan diggs stefan yeah. diggs is having probably one of his best seasons in the NFL. And he had one of his best his first year in Buffalo. He's had two Pro Bowl years here, yeah. and he's he's turning into a, a, a complete, almost unanimous all-pro season here at this point that I would expect Diggs to be a major factor, as he should be, in the passing game. Yeah, no, he's definitely worth that contract. 
Yeah, that, that contract's looking like one of the biggest deals in the NFL. All right, let's share our final thoughts in the game. Any X factors, anything that Bill should fans should even be slightly concerned about in this one here, Alex? You know, Brad, it's just uh, the Bills just need to go handle their business. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's no longer the of like, oh, well, if we can sneak in there and this win and, you know, it'll be. Nope, the Bills just need to go do what they're supposed to do. And if they do what they're supposed to do, they then they win. Yeah, I expect the Bills to air it deep. Uh, Packers defense is 17th overall in deep passing defense. So I expect Josh to just throw it out throw it out early to get Gabe if he can get out with the speedsters and just use his feet and get a little separation. Oh, yeah, I could definitely see them airing it out early. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition here of the Buffalo Bills Draft House. Sean, thanks so much for stopping by this week here. Fun Glad to have you on. Yes, sir. It's been a little while. But, yep, little brother here in town. So we'll be at the game Sunday night, 820 kickoff. It'll be televised on NBC. Of course, you can listen if you're near a Bills radio affiliate, of course, on Sirius XM and all that nonsense there. Make sure you're following us across the board here, drafthousesports.com. Facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House at Michigan Surf at TW Callahan at Bills Bruiser. And of course, follow us at DHS Buffalo. Bills Packers coming up Sunday night in looming Halloween. This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. This has been the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast, an R Street Media production.